0: Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to update you on our gene therapy study for uh, X-linked SCID. Before I start, I want to highlight that it's an effort which involves multiple groups, including uh, at UCSF, which is uh, spearheaded by Mort Cohen and Jennifer Puck, and uh, then at our institution uh, in particular, Evelina Mamchach. X-linked skid is a profound immunodeficiency, also known as bubble boy disease, and uh, infants normally succumb to severe infections within the first year of life. The only curative option currently is a bone marrow transplant. However, over the last 20 years, gene therapy approaches also have been explored. In particular, uh, retroviral vectors have been used and while they were successful to correct part of the immunodeficiency, also side effects were noted in the form of leukemias in subset of treated patients. The late Brian Sorrentino at St. Jude developed a new lentiviral vector with enhanced safety features, having insulators at both ends of the vector and initially had conducted a study in older patients together with Harry Malik At the NIH and had shown some initial safety as well as efficacy. This then led to the current study in which newly diagnosed patients with X skids are treated. We take marrow from these patients in the laboratory. The stem cells are then genetically modified with a lentiviral vector, and then patients receive low dose chemotherapy before the genetically modified stem cells are infused into the patient. Up to now, we have infused 16 patients on this protocol. Their age varied between two months to 14 months, and the majority of patients had medical problems, which were in line with the underlying diagnosis of X-linked SCID. We were successful in generating cell products for all these patients, And the mean vector copy number of the infused product ranged between 0.16 to 1.74 copies per cell. As mentioned, the patient received low-dose busulfan, which was overall very well tolerated. And we only observed very mild side effect in three of the 16 patients. Importantly, none of the patients required any blood product transfusion. Although we observed a transient decline of neutrophils, as well as their platelet count. So then we wanted to ask three main questions. Do patients develop functional T cells and B cells? Is our gene therapy approach durable and safe? And do patients benefit from it? First, we looked at the development of normal T cells. And as you can see here, all patients developed high levels of T cells except patient number one. And they not only developed normal T cells, But if you look closely, they also developed so-called naive T-cells, which is very important uh, for a normal functional immune system. Patient also developed T-cells that had left the thymus. Again, that is very important to make functional T-cells. And reassuringly, these T-cells now responded to PHA Uh, showing unequivocally that we've generated functional T cells within these patients. If you look at uh, B cells, we use the production of antibodies, which B cells normally do as a surrogate marker. And as you can see, the patient's B cells started to produce IgA or IgM, within a year after gene therapy. And more importantly, they also responded to vaccines like normal children. If you now look at the vector copy number in the detected T cells and K cells and B cells, you will notice that uh, we can readily detect genetically modified cells long-term in these patients. And while there is a little bit fluctuation over time, the level is actually very constant for each individual patient. In addition, we could also detect genetically modified myeloid cells. And we also were able to detect genetically modified cells um, long-term in bone marrow samples. If you look a little bit more closer at uh, the gene marking, you realize that there is actually a higher group and a lower group for T cells and K cells and B cells. And this really correlates with the number of BCN in the infused graft. Children who got graft with low BCN tend to have lower VCN in their T-cells and K-cells and B-cells whereas children who have high VCN have higher levels. The question of course is, does it have any functional consequence? And fortunately it does not. If you look here again, shows the VCN per T-cell number, but if you now look at the T-cell count of these patients, regardless if they have gotten a low or a high VCN graft, they still develop normal T cells. In addition to normal T cells, if you now zoom in in the first year, it might be that higher VCN grafts uh, results in a faster T cell reconstitution, but that is really not the case. Because if you look here, Regardless of getting low or high VCN graphs, these patients developed or had the same kinetics of a T-cell recovery. If you now look a little bit closer within the genome where our lentivirus integrated, we found a very consistent pattern. And just to orient you, normally the genome is presented in a circle where you have here the X chromosome, the Y chromosome, and then it goes from one all the way around to 22. And you observe these peaks, which are very consistent across NK cells, myeloid B and T cells. And if you do a qualitative analysis of all the integration sites, you will notice that the integration sites overlap between all these lineages, indicating that with our gene therapy approach, we in the end, genetically modified very very early hematopoietic progenitor or hematopoietic stem cells. In regards to safety, I just want to highlight one feature. Again, shown here, chromosome wheel and highlighting consistent integration sites across patients. So we used this data now and looked in the literature at other studies and reassuringly, we find the same integration pattern as reported by others. Here's chromosome three, here's chromosome three, here's chromosome 11, here's chromosome 11, highlighting that in these very young patients who received genetically modified product, the integration side pattern is exactly the same, like in older patients who had no side effects with these type of therapies. In regards to clinical outcome, all our patients are doing very well. And I sorted them again for you into the low and high VCN group Again, there is no difference in clinical outcome. All these patients did very well, except for patient number one, who needed a gene therapy boost one year after his original infusion, but since then has done very well. So in conclusion, our lentiviral vector in combination with low dose exposure busulfan is well tolerated and results in the development of a functional normal immune system. So far, we have not observed evidence of malignant transformation. And we believe that our approach presents a promising alternative to current um, therapies. And of course, our study is ongoing to determine long-term safety as well as sustained efficacy. With this, I want to close, and I would like to thank again all our collaborators and also in particular CIRM for supporting this uh, clinical study. Thank you so much for your attention.